This is JFM Podcast. The plenary where all sides are x-rayed, debated, and dissected. Mr. President, God will ask all of us, but you will be in the front. We bring you proceedings at the plenary, reporting the actions and inactions of the legislators, engaging in robust discussions, oversight, and representation. At the plenary, all sides are amplified, their side, your side, and the issue. Be part of the nation's decision-making process. Join the legislative combatants, Doris Izang and Ponsak Fanap on J101.9 FM every Friday from 9.15 to 10 a.m. to amplify the three sides. You and the legislature can now meet at the plenary. Hello there, very good morning to you. Welcome to the program, The Plenary on J101.9 here in Joss. My name is Ponsak Fanab. It's a beautiful Friday morning and today is a holy day for our Muslim uh, brothers and sisters. And to, uh, I mean, for everybody that believes in uh, social cohesion and um, uh, religious liberty and freedom, you know, I'm one of the strongest proponents of that, that uh, human beings should be allowed to practice any religion that they seem uh, it fit into any worldview, uh, you know, that they may want to adapt. So, I mean, it's it's okay, you know, for people to choose the religion they belong to. Uh, and it's very, very uh, okay for you, even if you disagree with them, to respect, you know, uh, the choice of their faith because it's sacred to uh, them. So I would say Jumad Mubarak, Jumad uh, Karim to our Muslim brothers and sisters. Well, uh, today, interesting, interesting uh, Friday morning uh, because I have two guests. I'm going to look at, you know, something very interesting. The Plateau State House of Assembly, since the face-off uh, they had with the executive uh, some weeks ago, are yet to resume from recess. And there have been a lot of speculation as to uh, what will be at the front burner, you know, when they resume uh, from recess. Some people are already talking about the local government elections. Uh, you know, yesterday, even as recent as yesterday, someone met me to say, uh, is it true that the local government elections will be conducted? I said, you know, that question is a, is a trap. What do you mean? The state government has already announced, and of course, I know Plasek has begun recruiting, you know, ad hoc staff to uh, serve in the conduct of the election. So what do you mean? He said, you know, uh, but that was how last time you know it happened and things like that i said well uh as the much i know is that the state government will conduct because uh plastic has begun even uh, recruiting ad hoc staff uh, so there have been lots of you know talk speculation here and there uh but for me i think that people should set the agenda for the house of assembly uh the agenda already uh all public um, higher education institution in Plateau State, two of the prominent ones, that is the Plateau State Polytechnic and the uh, University of Joss, has been shut down. Um, 
the State Polytechnic was shut down this Monday because of the rampage that happened. Um, of course, that led to the unfortunate and untimely uh, death of one student. And of course, you know, the uh, pogrom that happened some time ago, you know, that necessitated the state government to shut down the uh, University of Josu. Uh, all of these are issues uh, that uh, we'd like to look into. And of course, uh, even the local government election, which is very, very uh, important. Well, I have two guests. Uh, I have, uh, okay, let me start with the the guest in the true sense of the word. Uh, that is Mr. Makop Masok Danladi. Good morning and thank you for coming. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And I have John Kiala, who is, uh, well, guess, semi-guess, I don't know. But uh, thank you for coming, Mr. <laughs> thank John you Kiala. so much for having me. Yeah, well, uh, I think, gentlemen, let's start with the federal, at the federal uh, level. I'll start with you, Mr. Masok. Uh, the president wrote to the uh, Senate seeking um, approval to borrow a uh, fresh loan of $4 billion, US dollars, 710 uh, million uh, euros. And there have been a lot of... Yesterday, I, I spoke with someone via phone, and he said that uh, the much he knows, you know, is that the federal government has indeed completed uh, the Baden-Lagos rail line uh, and a lot of other infrastructure we have, you know, across especially railways, roads, critical inf infrastructure uh, you know, across the uh, country. Uh, and all of this is with borrowed uh, funds. But Obasanjo came out to say, no, you don't do that. Even Professor Pato told me, you know, renowned economists came out to say that uh, the consistent borrowing is not so good. Uh, for, to the economy or for our economy. The Minister for Finance has consistently said that we don't have a borrowing problem. What we do have is revenue problem. Talk to us about this. Will you, because as it is right now, the Senate uh, President has said that the uh, Committee on Local and Foreign Debt should look into uh, that. Will you suggest to that committee to approve of the President's request, Mr. Masok? Thank you very much. Um, you know, Normally, every, every nation runs on finance. Every facet of the economy, sectors generally of, <coughs> of governance, runs on finance. And borrowing is part of the aspects of financing gov government budgets and uh, programs and policies. It's not peculiar to Nigeria. If you look at America, for example, I think... Uh, the last time I checked, although long for some times now, okay, America long? America had a debt profile of over eighteen trillion dollars. A debt profile of over eighteen trillion dollars. Yeah, but wouldn't you say that America, for example, is a functional economy? Yes, you see, you see, the the major problem we have as a nation is that, I mean, on on the issue of borrowing. The question we should ask is, what is it used for? What, where is it going to? These are the questions we should ask. It's not even to say yes or no about the, the, the borrowing. Where is it going into? If, if, this, if these borrowings are going into private pockets, all of us should rise and say no to it. If we, we are able to dig and to know exactly where and where, these borrowings are going into because there's no nation that can grow without building its its infrastructure we can't grow beyond it all that we can only be rigmaroling around uh, uh, theories that will end up 
continuing in a circle, except we are able to build an infrastructure that can be able to, to push us, project us into other facets of development. Else, we'll continue to rigmarole. And at the end of the day, we'll only come to lamentation. And it will be an endless lamentation. Okay. Well, uh, Mr. John Kelly, do you have a response, you know, to what uh, Mr. Masoka said? Well, um, actually, I always um, find this argument so laughable, most especially when it comes to the borrowing plan in Nigeria. Because as far as I'm concerned, how can a country continue to borrow and borrow endlessly? As of today, we're talking of over 33 trillion naira that Nigeria has been owed. And cumulatively, over the years since this administration became on board, we've been, seeing, we've been seeing the consistency in terms of borrowing. He's trying to cite an example with the United States of America, and that is where I always have issues. Because when you look at America, <laughs> America is not in any way comparable to what we're having today. Because they borrow and their borrowing is strategic. And that borrowing is targeted, uh, or is targeted at improving the economy of the nation. But oftentimes, when you hear the Nigerian government talk of borrowing, they borrow to finance consumables. Yeah, they but borrow- yesterday the uh, Minister for Information, while in uh, Borno State, uh, said that they don't borrow to pay recurring expenditure to finance recurring expenditure. They borrow to uh, finance capital projects. You see, that is one thing problem that I have found with them. Um, the information machinery of this government because they are always at variance when you listen to the special advisor to the uh, president on media and publicity or when you listen to the senior special assistant on information or you listen to the minister of information there's always a disconnect in terms of dishing out information to Nigerians because they are saying a different thing and also we Nigerians will also have information as it regards the running of this government because we are not aliens within the system. We are part of the system and we know what is happening within the system. So what I'm saying is that when you borrow, there should be a strategic plan over the years that the government has been borrowing. We'll see have our refineries still maribound. We still have the Ajakuta steel rolling mill there. We still have some critical infrastructure in terms of the textile industries that have been closed or shut down in various parts of the country. Now, what has... So the- you want the government, you know, to borrow to uh, resuscitate because Ajakuta as it is now, uh, report has it that over 10 billion naira has been spent there but nothing to show for it. When you borrow, actually, the borrowing should be targeted at isn't the burden on the nation because when you have those critical infrastructures up and running the most important thing that comes out of it is that you loosen the economy and that brings about job creation and that brings about you know um, um it, it, it creates a kind of an atmosphere that the economy will be relaxed because you will pay tax right those industries that are created do earn revenue and that revenue will further build other infrastructures. But when you look at the running cost of this administration or of the government so far, you will see that the consumables that the government spends such money from are not in any way generating any other income that will boost the economy. For instance, when you look at it during the Obasanjo's administration, mm. we had you know, a debt profile of about two point something trillion. Right then again, when you move to the Yaradua administration, we had about six point one seven trillion, 
and the Jonathan's administration, we had about one at twelve point one two trillion, and today we're almost hitting thirty three trillion. Now, and Obasanjo did something very smart within that period while he was in office. With his relationship with the Western world, he pleaded for debt forgiveness. And we thought that the governments that would succeed that administration will work towards building a virile economy that would be debt-free. But now we are further deepening. Based on a rough estimation of calculation that so far we have looked at, looking at the population of over 200 million, when you divide this debt you know, over that number, you will realize that every Nigerian is being owned about 165,000 naira to pay to yes. pay a debt that you do not, you don't know anything about. All right. So that is the problem we're having with this issue here. Will you like to respond, and then we'll come to of the course, yes. assembly? Please you see, ahead. you see, uh, <laughs> what he has said is more of emotional conjectures. You see, why am I saying this? You. What we need to do as, a, as citizens of this country is not just to, to talk about hearing what just uh, because you want to make choices of words that are coming from whether media aids or whatever. It's for us to go beyond just listening, you know, choosing by going in, in depth. We have the Bureau of Statistics. We know the, the, the borrowings that are coming to this country. We need to go to a point where we know how much is coming. Is coming for what? Is it used for that purpose? If it is not, then we question it. Then secondly, he talked about Obasanjo, for example. You know, I laugh because, you see, Obasanjo, Obasanjo sold a lot of our national assets that should have been resuscitated. Yeah, will you, and will you issues, like to give us a case in point? Yes. Okay. Uh, Nitel is one, very close to us. It has been sold. Nigeria Airways is there. You talk, there are plenty of them. And today they are, they are not even functioning at all. Why, if, if actually he's talking about the good economic policies of Obasanjo, those, those uh, uh, national assets should have been functioning. He should have made it better. And today, it will have employed a junk of Nigerians. Yeah, but, you, you know, see, and liberalization of telecommunication created jobs, you know, uh, it has the multiplier. My effect. brother, where is the NITEL? Where are the NITEL staff? No, no, Does no, it mean I, that it should, if it was sold, it should be functioning? That's what I'm saying. Okay. It doesn't mean that because others have come in, others should be shut down. Okay. You see, these are national assets. All of us are aware, even close to us, very close to us here, that some of the assets are here lying west. And not to talk about, he talked about 12 uh, trillion, you know, accumulative during Jonathan's administration. You know, it's laughable. Why? Because if you look at it, how much was a, 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 a price of, of crude in the, in the market? How much was it? And what was the, the, the production level per day? These are, these are resources that we should have seen and today we'll have used to be able to, to, to invest into this critical infrastructure that he's talking about. Okay. And I tell you, mm. borrowing wouldn't have been a question. And I'm not in any way telling you that we should rely and live completely on borrowing. But if borrowing becomes necessary, it is a necessity. Even as individuals, sometimes we're going to borrow it. Not because we must borrow. I mean, not because... Uh, uh, there's no way out completely in terms of trying to, 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 to forfeit such. But forfeiting that borrowing could end land us into more 
troubles than not even borrowing at all. All right. Well, let's uh, come to the State House of Assembly, Mr. John Keller. Uh, there was face-off between uh, the lawmakers and uh, the uh, executive uh, some weeks ago and generated a lot of interesting conversation. Uh, you know, some section of uh, people in some quarters said that the State House of Assembly seems to be with the uh, people of Plateau State, while the executive uh, seem not to. You know, I'm choosing my words very carefully, mm. Sim. Uh, talk to us about what do you think will show form a uh, fulcrum of debates when they resume from recess. Uh, there are merits of problems, you know, before them. Or I recall that they gave the governor, you know, an ultimatum to see to it that, you know, they outlined some things that he needs to do, uh, you know, in the interest of uh, peace and security in Plateau State. Well, basically, Nigeria is running a constitutional government where you have um, three arms of um, government. You have the executive, the legislature, and also the judiciary. But unfortunately, over the years, what we have seen is that we have seen an arm of government that seemed to superintend over the affairs of other arms. In fact, to a point that the judiciary and the legislature is being seen as an appendage of the executive, which in actual sense is not supposed to be. Over the years, we've had all this argument of the relationship between the executive and the legislature. And to some points, we have seen even the executive infiltrating the legislature and even the judiciary to a point that the decisions of the legislature are being influenced by the executive. And that is why we're having all this double cold, you know, within the system. For instance, let me take it up from the national level. Um, I remember very well during the administration of Yer Adwa, whether when the issue arose, whether the letter of transmission, the, the letter he was supposed to transmit to the National Assembly to guarantee the then vice president to act on his behalf. There was this minister of um, justice, Michael Andorka, who controversially dished out certain constitutional you know, issues to a point that he was saying that the president can rule from any part of the country. And again, when you look at it again during the um, administration of um, uh, Yer Edward the early part, when Justice Onohen, the issue also came up when manipulatively that also affected even the office that a petition was written you know, against the Chief Justice of the Federation and within a record period you know, he was forced to step down from office. Then again, now we are facing another very critical issue when the National Assembly, via the House of Reps, had summoned the president to come and probably listen or tell Nigerians what is happening concerning the insecurity in Nigeria. You also have the Minister of Justice saying that the National Assembly lacks the power Local you know, standing. Yeah, to invite the president. But when you go through the section 89 of the Constitution, it is explicitly written clearly that the National Assembly can invite any person, even, the, even a committee mandated by the leadership, can invite anybody to um, come to the uh, National Assembly to explain issues that relate to whatever issue under investigation. Now, the problem here is this. The Minister of Justice was rather saying that as far as he was concerned, that the president wouldn't have been referred to as any person. But when you look at the first paragraph of the Constitution, 
which explicitly, explicitly said that we, the people of the Federal Republic of Nigeria, the president inclusive, because the president is on that seat as the number one citizen of this country elected by the people. That means that he is inclusive as far as the provisions of that constitution is concerned. Mm. Now, back to Plateau State. Yeah, Plateau State, yeah. Now, back to Plateau State. The debacle that ensued between the, nation, the House of Assembly that got to a point that the House of Assembly had to write to the governor that the governor should act on certain laws or bills or motions. Now, bills and motions are more of palliatives. Because the process of having a bill, the process is a kind of cumbersome. It takes a longer time. And I know very well that the House of Assembly, they are there to make laws for the good governance of a state. And if the House of Assembly, in her wisdom, had written to the governor or had sent some bills or motions to the governor or resolutions, or resolutions to the governor, you. it was expected that the governor should have acted because they worked together to ensure that good governance is entrenched in the state. So what, what in, in like in one sentence, what would you like uh, to see uh, form, you know, uh, debates when the House of Assembly resumed from recess? Yeah, whatever form of roadmap or whatever form of strategy that we will be saying here that the House of Assembly should do, for as long as there is no cohesive um, plan, by the executive and the legislature to work together, it won't work. Okay. But in the interim, as they resume, there should be more robust conversation as to, uh, as to the issues that relate to good governance of the state. We should see more issues being localized, right? Looking at the state of security in Plateau State, looking at the issue of sanitary condition in the state because it's becoming a very very big problem and we should be able to look at the issues of employment and other issues that have direct bearing to the lives of the people in the state i think that will go a long way to help us so the robust conversation should be devoid of party differences because i always have issues when you are looking at issues of governance and you bring party sentiments inside because even at the national and the state assembly the legislature is divided along Party lines. Party lines. Well, that is why when it comes to the conversation, mm -hmm. you hear those who are loyal to the government, whether in PDP or in APC state, is the same. All right. Well, let me come to Mr. Masok. Already the Plateau State Polytechnic has, is, is shut. Uh, uh, it's closed down. Uh, students came, turned up to write their exams on Monday, but unfortunately one uh, student was shot at uh, uh, allegedly by security operatives. Talk to us. How will you want the lawmakers to look at this issue? And um, we have the issue of ad hoc staff, you know, with the polytechnic that haven't been uh, paid for. Some of them have said even for uh, over 20 months, for example, and there hasn't been any employment at uh, the state level uh, since 2006 or so. Uh, and so, for example, a school like Polytechnic, uh, they have, I think, 600 staff cumulatively and on permanent basis, and then uh, the rest are on contract uh, basis. Talk to us about that. How will you want lawmakers to argue and uh, ask the executive to act so that things will return back to normal? Oh. <clears throat> Once again, thank you very much. You see, um, the Nigeria is practicing a presidential system of government, mm. and there is there is separation of power, powers, the executive, the legislature, and the judiciary. But there is 
for Nigeria to go forward, for Nigeria to do better, for Nigeria to progress, for Nigeria to grow and develop, there should be synergy between, I mean, among all the 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 the, the tiers of the government, yeah. different government. tiers of government, and their synergy will be able to help to bring up robust uh, uh, policies that can be able to take care of a lot of issues that we are even talking about. Now, on the on the issue of the the House of Assembly, you know, re resuming, I will I will wish and uh, I will wish them to to actually come up to the point of building public confidence and trust. You know, uh, do you think they lack that? Definitely. You know, it's general. If you look at not just Plateau State, all over Nigeria, you know, the, the people are gradually getting tired of the democracy, so to say. And they need to build that. They need to have that, uh, build that confidence among the people. And then again, they need to establish a framework that will be able to, by, by, by reason of legislation, that will be able to respond to the economic challenges that we have as a nation and as a state specifically. If you look at us economically, we are going down. And there is need for them to rise to the occasion by legislating, by finding beyond, beyond just coming to I and nay, they should go beyond that by improvising. Because I talked about but the issue of have, synergy. You know, I talked about the issue of synergy. Okay, okay. I talked about the issue of synergy. Mm. I wanted to get me very well. Yeah. You know, they need to synergize. The state belongs to all of us. Whether it is the executive or it is the legislature, it's for all of us. It's a privilege that some are in the executive, some are also privileged to be in the legislature. And all of us are working towards the plateau that we all desire. And so trying to come up with, with, with framework that will bring about poverty reduction, that will bring about economic growth, economic development, will help us a lot. In fact, it will curtail a lot of some of these crises that we're talking about. If, if Plateau State, for example, the House of Assembly can come up with, with proposals that can be able to come up with good income for the state that will generate streams of income. The issue of employment that you mentioned on the polytechnic and other uh, state-owned tertiary institutions. Mm. It's very unfortunate that uh, right from 2016, I mean 2006, 2006 and 2006, yeah. mm. Plateau State has been on, on ban on employment, and tertiary institutions cannot be run like ministries. When, when, when one goes up, another one you know, should be able to fill that vacancy. But with the committee that, I, I, that has been set up, the, the government, I learn, have promised that immediately after the report of the committee is out, there will be recruitment. Yeah, but th that's what they did. And, and even people bought uh, forms, yeah. uh, five five hundred naira. Yes, it's true. Time. Even the last administration sold forms for 1,000 in yeah. all the tertiary institutions, I remember. Yeah, but, but what but happened? W what we are saying is there should be that, there should be that uh, synergy. There should be that synergy. The House of Assembly should be able to, 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 to also have that relationship in such a way that by way of checkmating each other. Okay. What happened to all this? Right. Why, where, you know, these are the questions that we must ask. And then again, on the issue of, please, you gave him a very long time. Yeah, yeah, go yes, ahead. Yes, you yeah. gave him a long time. Yeah, go ahead, You sir. see, um, on the issue of, on the issue of uh, 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 the, 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 
casual and uh, part-time staff. Ad hoc staff, yeah. Ad hoc staff. Mm. You know, it is necessary. It is important that when somebody has work, it should be paid. You know, this, these people are assisting. In fact, they should be commended for doing what they are doing. Because what they are being paid is nothing commensurate to what they are doing, to what they are giving. It's, I am sure it's out of the love for the state, for the progress, because no, no nation can grow beyond its educational capacity. If we have not, I mean, educationally grown well, don't expect that Nigeria, the teaching problems we are going through today, will continue and unabated if the education system is not looked into passionately and injection of resources is deliberately made into such sector. And that is where the House of Assembly should also come in. Not by way of uh, muzzle flexing. Not by way of fighting. Because I, as I did say, the state belongs to all of us. The essence of, you know, just like uh, you, you talked about the, the, the possibly uh, different interpretations to the reactions of the House of Assembly as to you know, the unfortunate uh, uh, killings that took place right from, uh, from Basa to Rukuba Road mm. to Yalwazangam, you know, it was something that will trigger every right human, uh, right thinking human being to act. And the action of the House of Assembly was in the best interest. And the action of the governor is also in the, right, in the, in the best interest. Why? Because even the motions, all the motions that they took, you know, all of us are uh, witnesses to it, that the House of Assembly came back to, to even uh, 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 pass a vote of confidence that because he has... No, it's APC Congress. Listen, yeah, wait, wait, House of Assembly. Because the same, listen to me, the same House of Assembly that passed a press release no, what Mandating. I'm saying, yeah, to, just yeah. listen. Excuse me, yeah, yeah. please. Just no, I just me. want for us to Is get it in yeah. perspective because get, I invited, yeah, yeah, I invited uh, the information officer, so the, the public, yes. actually, uh, he the said same the information officer, yeah, the majority lead, information chairman. He said the majority leader, member representing Mikang State okay. Constituency, yeah. uh, said is APC no, I'm, I'm caucus. Not, you are not getting the point I'm raising. Okay, it's not about the town hall meeting. Okay, I'm okay. talking about the press release that was granted by the information chairman. Of okay. the house, he granted a first press release. He later granted another one, saying that there were six motions, and the governor has complied to five. Yeah. Therefore, giving him a pat at the back, on the back, which which is, um, um, is commendable because it's a it's not something that yeah, we are looking for. We are not looking confidence. for an opportunity where they will fight mm. to finish. Of course, we are so. looking for opportunity where if there are disagreements, let them come back and resolve it for the good. Yeah, well, well, let's let's yeah, let's let's, just, uh, let's just address one issue. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Keller, please. Uh, maybe you're going to address it later, <laughs> yes. but we need to open the conversation to our audience. Uh, well, uh, we've been having uh, you know interesting conversation with uh, Mr. Masoka Danladi and of uh, of course uh, Mr. John Kelly, and we're looking at merits of issues from the uh, borrowing plan of the Buari administration at the federal level. Uh, the Senate has uh, mandated its committee on local and foreign debt to look into the issue. And of course, uh, what issues, you know, do you like the uh, Plateau State House of Assembly to focus on, especially as they resume from recess? Let me take this Facebook comment. Uh, Elkanamo is saying, morality has thrown down politics in Nigeria. 
Dimas Balai said, it's not the question of what can they do, but it's the question of whether they know the power they have. With all honesty, uh, do our state legislators know uh, that they have power to make laws? Yusuf J.N.G. Jacob is saying the issue of insecurity of the nation or the state and how the government don't give attention to the masses in schools and communities. No roads, health care are not equipped. Uh, these are my thoughts. Okay, th- okay. Uh, Sunday Moses EVEV saying, uh, with the local government election around the corner on the plateau, uh, what is the hope of PDP candidate on in participating in the election? Uh, with the long-awaiting judgment about the suspension of the PDP candidate, we are calling on the plateau state government to allow a level playing ground for all parties to participate in the election, most especially just north. The governor should not impose any person for us in just north. MC Smart Jones is saying, this is not something to even argue about. How does borrowing solve insecurity or the price of food in the market? Uh, it's Biplang Magajin Solomon is saying, uh, the issue of borrowing Nigeria has become rampant in the country, but the question is that what are these monies borrowed for? Okay, Is the money they are borrowing used appropriately? If not, where is this money going to? Nigerians, we need to wake up and say no to this borrowing. Borrowing without seeing the outcome of it. Uh, may God help us. Albert Akayadags is saying, well, the issue of instant insecurity breach in our dear state should take the lead. Uh, they should deliberate on a way to bring about lasting peace on the plateau and how the executive will implement their ways uh, that... Okay, not clear, but thank you for uh, commenting. Hello, good morning. Thank you for calling. Yes, good morning. Tell us your name, please. Yes, this is Gabriel from Apata. We're listening. Yeah, I welcome your guest this morning. They have spoke well. You see, uh, when Nigeria politicians are talking and some analysts analyzing Nigeria economy, and sometimes I wonder whether they are Nigerian. You see, your 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 guest first time say that uh, comparing Nigeria with the uh, US, there is nothing even in a, there is nothing to compare in Nigeria here with US. Even in Africa here, there are many African countries now better than Nigeria. Even in the times of this corona, in U.S., did you realize that even the cities in the U.S., the, the, the government give them food and give them money to stay at home? In Nigeria here, there is nothing to write home about. Even the palaces, you can see how the government store and keep it for themselves. They care for their different and their loved ones. They don't care for the citizens. We should, we, we should just tell the leaders and the politicians the truth so that they should do the needful. Eh? That, is, that is just the best way to do things and to make this country right. Otherwise, I, I see there is no comparison anywhere. There is no good road, no light, nothing. I am telling you today, even the prepare leader they give us in this country, is not working. You call them to come and tell you, they will tell you to pay 10,000 price. So there is nothing to, in this government, I am telling you, Nigeria is bad. This is the worst government we have ever seen in this country ever in Nigeria. God bless Nigeria and have a nice day. Thank you, thank you. Well, uh, gentlemen, I would like you to uh, give your uh, final thoughts. Uh, anybody would like, maybe uh, John Kelly. Yeah. Well, I think, first of all, I would like to address one issue here. And um, I, I want my brother to understand that we are not here whether... I mean, to, to speak as for and against. <laughs> as an analyst, I think for over the years, 
one has been trying to balance issue irrespective of your political platform. So, so that, that's one understanding that I want us to go with. It's not the issue that you speak for the government and I speak against the government. When you notice that there are disparities in terms see, of... Do you no, no, see, listen, do you listen, see that? Listen, it, listen, do listen. Do you see it now? Listen, yeah, maybe you allow him to yeah, make yeah, his point listen, there. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just trying to bring that point very clear because we are all Nigerians and basically you dish out issues to the betterment and for people to understand the variables that are happening because it's not everybody that have the opportunity to be in the studio to speak on certain issues like this. Then secondly, again, you talked about the issue of vote of confidence and I want to say it clearly so that the members of the public should be guided and know what is happening. At no point has the House of Assembly passed a vote of confidence you know, on the governor. Because what happened at the town hall meeting, it was the stakeholders of the APC that passed a vote of confidence on the governor, but not the House of Assembly. And I never talked about that. Not the 24 that. member and House I of Assembly. I never brought that to four. Yeah, here. you said the House of Assembly I had never passed a vote that of confidence. Here. Yeah, well, yeah, well, 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 the laws made by the House of Assembly, and which is where I am in concurrence to the fact that the executive and the legislature must be seen to work together for the good governance of the state. Because as beautiful and as reasonable as the laws been made by the House of Assembly, if the executive chose not to act on it, you cannot hold the House of Assembly responsible because the duty of the House of Assembly is just to ensure that they make those laws and the executive implement such. And I also know that the House of Assembly, as it were, during the crisis period, they had mandated or they had raised an issue about self-defense. And I'm bringing up this issue because the House of Assembly was only echoing the provisions of the Constitution. Or the Speaker, rather. The, the, the speaker. speaker. Yeah, the Speaker. The, the Speaker house, yeah. of the House of Assembly yeah. was only re-echoing the position of yeah. Section 33, Subsection 1-2 of the Nigerian Constitution yeah, about well, self-defense, which is constitutional. Yeah, well, uh, thank you very much, Mr. John, uh, Mr. Masok Dalad. You have one minute. To, yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. I yeah. don't know why when it comes to me, you shorten my time. No, 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 no. It's not like that. A, yeah. a caller made mention of uh, trying to compare Nigeria with America. Actually, you see, we must make comparisons so that we can grow. We are not making comparisons in terms of strength. We are making comparisons so that we can share knots and see how we can be able to move forward. You see, and, uh, you see, and uh, on the issue of the, what he also said, what will the borrowing do to the, the, the insecurity? I tell you, the issue of infrastructure, if it is not put in place, we'll continue to talk about this issue of insecurity continuously. Hunger marginalization, lack, poverty will always trigger insecurity. I remember a story in the Bible where four lepers were outside the city. They said, if we stay here, we die. If we go into the city, we'll still die because there's no food in the city. Let's go to the enemies. If we die, fine. It was hunger that triggered that. They went to the enemy. They, they took a step of suicide. And I tell you, as long as our infrastructure is not put in place, we'll continue to go through this over and over again. And that is why it's a call. I'm calling on all leaders, regardless of political party, past and present, to look at Nigeria as, as, as a collective project that if we don't work on it, none of us will be safe. It's not going to be on just a, a 
APC leader members, PDP members, Afghan members, is going to be the entire Nigeria. Yes, it's very true that the, the masses will always suffer it more. Mm. But I can tell you in the long run, all of us will suffer it. And uh, in, in closing, yeah. I want to call on all our leaders, including all of us, to join hands. Let's, let's, let's find a way of speaking. Because in our individual offices, in our individual uh, endeavors, we see ourselves compromising, and right. we are quick to throw stones thank you. faster. Thank you, thank very, you very much. much. Well, thank you, Mr. John Keller. Thank you, uh, Mr. Makob Masok Danladi. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for coming. Always a pleasure. Indeed, uh, robust uh, debates and uh, conversation this morning. Well, there's the more, uh, much we can take on the show, the plenary. Uh, stay tuned to the news top of the hour, 10 o'clock. Thank you very much for your time and attention. Uh, have a good day. Have a good morning. Bye now. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast.